0: Good afternoon uh, to you uh, to those who are watching and praying with us um, in different parts of County Limerick throughout Limerick City and beyond in other counties throughout our island here and also in other time zones so just to welcome you if you're tuning in from a different country or a different continent please feel really welcome for our summer retreat this uh, is uh, today we're continuing the the journey of exploring discipleship, and uh, my name is Father Lawrence, Father Lawrence Gallagher, and I was uh, with you um, on Tuesday, and we explored discipleship together, uh, and then I was with you again today. So for the morning mass at ten o'clock, and for the talk at eleven. And then there was an opportunity for people who wanted to, to pray in front of the Blessed Sacrament, 12 to 1. And then of course, the uh, the final talk of the day is is now at four o'clock. Um, so tomorrow you will have Father uh, Seamus. And uh, then on Saturday, uh, the final day of the retreat, again, the 10 o'clock mass uh, exposition at 11. Sorry, the talk at 11, exposition at 12, and the final uh, talk of the day at 4. So it'll be Father Seamus tomorrow, and then the final day will be Father Jerry Maloney. Just a couple of announcements before we begin our short sharing together. Normally we celebrate the Sacrament of the Sick, and the Sacrament of Reconciliation due during our summer retreats. Uh, But unfortunately, because of COVID, this isn't possible at the moment. So instead, we'll celebrate a Mass for the sick and those who are suffering in any way, in mind and body and spirit, tomorrow Friday morning at 10 a.m. And the celebrant will be uh, Bishop Brendan Leahy, the Bishop of Limerick. So we're blessed uh, to have him uh, join and preside with us. And the preacher will be Father Seamus uh, for that Mass and for the other events uh, of the retreat throughout the day. Father Seamus will also lead a reconciliation liturgy without individual confession tomorrow, Friday at 4 p.m. And uh, as I said, the preacher on the final day will be Father Jerry. We would like to thank you for the ways in which you support us uh, through your prayer and uh, and through your practical support and your financial support. Um, and through our ministries and our outreaches uh, throughout the city and uh, throughout Ireland and the world as well and um, our summer book promotion our shop and um, we're very grateful for the ways which you support because when you're supporting that you're supporting us as a community here in Mount St. Alphonsus uh, and any donations that you give but also you're supporting our ministries and our outreach so the the summer prom- book promotion continues in the monastery shop and you're you're welcome to contact that shop through phone or through email um, Monday to Saturday. And things can be um, po- posted or mailed from at 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Irish time, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Uh, there's uh, someone there uh, to answer the phone in the shop. So you're very welcome uh, to that. So I'm going to pray or proclaim um, a piece of scripture uh, in a moment and then we're going to have um, a movie clip um, reflecting that piece of scripture and it's actually from the Gospel of Luke and it's chapter 4 verses 17 to 21. So Luke chapter 4 verses 17 to 21. And it's Jesus um, returning to Nazareth and reading from the, the sacred scroll in the temple. That moment, Jesus reading from the scroll, was a very pivotal moment in the life and the ministry and the mission of Jesus. And in terms of his call of discipleship to his disciples, it's also a pivotal scripture point for us, for you and I as his disciples, as his believers, that strive and try, and sometimes we struggle, but to follow him. And so those words that Jesus proclaims in that piece of scripture. They are eternal words. They're not just words 2000 years ago spoken to those who were physically present. Those words are to you and to me and to all who dare to call ourselves Christian, all who dare uh, to follow Jesus as his disciples for ourselves in the Roman Catholic community, but also in very um, uh, widely in the wider Christian family as well. And so that piece of scripture um, from Luke is a personal invitation and a calling that's rooted in the book of the prophet Isaiah, and so Jesus is really harkening back to the message of Isaiah. It's a prophetic message. It's an eternal message. It's a message for you and I. It's an invitation. It's a challenge. It's meant to be acting as a, scat- a kind of a spiritual catalyst within ourselves to go forward as best we can in whatever our ordinary everyday situation is, and to proclaim good news to the poor, to the blind, to the imprisoned. And those words are not just pertinent to those groups. Those words are metaphoric. It's to reach out to those who need our help, whoever they may be. And we're rooted, we're not just rooted in a vague sense of duty, we're not just rooted in a secular sense of love we're rooted christologically rooting ourselves back through christ all the way back to the prophets and to the prophet isaiah so i just invite you as you're listening to to the text that i'll share with you and then as you experience the the movie clip because it kind of brings that message in that gospel and those words off the, the pages of the sacred scriptures and the Bible and into a visual and relatable form a true movie that's also another um, creative way in which it brings the story visually alive to us I invite you to, to imagine yourself imagine yourself there you're there at that temple you are there not as someone else as you with your story with whatever is going on in your own story and life your struggles your hopes your own discipleship to jesus however it may be right now and so as the story unfolds just allow yourself to experience the words of jesus into your own heart into your own mind into your own soul into your own very inner core that sacred inner core that is within all of us who strive to be Christians, as Adrian Van Cam uh, uh, wrote in the 1960s, the sacred inner core. So I'm going to um, proclaim that that piece of of, uh, scripture now, and then we'll watch the the, the video um, movie um, clip from it, and then I'll just share a little briefly from it, and then just invite you to just be with the Lord and allow whatever the Lord sifts up um, within your heart and mind for your reflection. So the piece of scripture again is the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, verses 17 to 21. Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the power of the Spirit and news about him spread throughout all that territory. Jesus began teaching in the synagogues of the Jews and everyone praised him. When Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath as he usually did. He stood up to read and they handed him the book of the prophet Isaiah. Jesus then unrolled the scroll and found the place where it is written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to captives and prisoners, sight to the blind, to free the oppressed, and to announce the Lord's year of mercy. Jesus then rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down while all the eyes in the synagogue were fixed on Jesus. And then he said to them, today these words of scripture have come true even as you listen. the gospel, the good news of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm going to invite uh, Kevin, and grateful for his help in the sacristy, and John uh, to show now that clip of um, chapter 4 of Luke, and then we will reflect on it a little Ever since the angel Gabriel came to Jesus' mother, she's known her son's true purpose. It's time for others to learn. In the synagogue, Jesus reads from one of the most popular scriptures of the time, a prophecy describing the coming of the Messiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to declare freedom for the captives and recovery of sight for the blind, to set free those who are oppressed. Today, this scripture is fulfilled. What are you saying? What are you saying? That you have achieved all this? That you are the Messiah, the chosen one, sent by God? No! I'm saying you must accept God's word. How dare you? That is sacrilege. He has never studied the law. This man knows nothing. His healing is the work of demons. It has begun. He undermines our faith. He recruits adulterers. Peter, turn the other cheek. You'll pay the price for this. But like your friend. John the Baptist! You haven't heard, have you? He was executed! Beheaded! Okay, so that movie clip has just concluded. And so that again is from chapter 4 of Luke and. It is echoing Isaiah. And it's a very intriguing, interesting moment in the life and the ministry of Jesus. Because in many ways, it's a pivotal connection and a spiritual bridge for you and I in our calling as disciples of Jesus. Jesus is no longer physically present on this earth. You are, and so am I. And so this scripture is handed down to us. Now you can see during that movie clip the reality that many at the time in that temple rejected Jesus. There was a very interesting priest who uh, died um, in the last couple of years, and he was a Jesuit. And his name was Daniel Berrigan. He was an interesting figure, a controversial figure in, in, in a variety of ways. There were many who supported him and many who opposed him. Uh, like there were many who supported Jesus, but maybe many more who didn't. And so Daniel Berrigan um, was a pacifist and unapologetically so. He was anti-war and was very strong in the campaign against the uh, Vietnam War. He was also anti-nuclear. And he even ended up at the time on the FBI's most wanted list. Um, he ended up on the time uh, ma- cover of the time magazine. He founded um, a very powerful movement called Plow uh, Shares and uh, another protest movement against the um, nuclear movement. He was author of over fifty books and he was a, a professor in university he has a couple of interesting quotes attributed to him. And one of them is this, and you're going to smile a little or frown a little when you hear it, perhaps. If you're going to follow Jesus seriously, he said, you better look good on wood. He went on to say, to grow spiritually, and seriously as a disciple of Jesus, has to mean at certain points to feel pain. He says, isn't it more dangerous when people don't feel and allow themselves to feel all kinds of doubts and questions when their voices can be stifled? by the permeating theology of the time. Daniel Berrigan looks back into the prophets and looks back at that moment when Jesus was in the temple, when he had read from Isaiah and when he proclaimed that it was being fulfilled at that moment and following was the utter rejection of Jesus so Jesus was rejected as a man but he was also rejected as a prophet he was rejected as the Son of God and Daniel Berrigan uh, writes a very interesting line in one of his many books a prophet is one who speaks the truth to a culture of lies. The prophet is one who speaks the truth to a culture of lies. In many ways when Jesus was challenging the scribes and the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious leaders uh, civilly and religiously and politically in his time, he was calling them out. And he was challenging where there were elements and streaks of a permeating culture of lies that was smothering the truth. The truth of God. The truth of God's mercy. The truth of Jesus calling all of us into discipleship and leaving no one out. The challenge for all of us as disciples, whether we are baptized or whether we are religious or whether we are priests, is to ask ourselves what is that piece of scripture calling us to right now? Right now. What is it calling us to? And sometimes there is not an easy answer to that. There is an interesting concept in Judaism and it's called tikkun olam. Or repairing the world, and it's a concept in Judaism that a person commenting um, um, is 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 uh, reflecting back on Abraham's covenant with God, um, Abraham serving as a partner to God to do his best to make this world a better place for all humankind. And the great rabbi Abraham Heschel put it this way, there is a partnership of God and people. And he says this, God needs our help. Now this is not an exclusively Jewish sentiment. It's at the heart of Christianity. It's the remarkable idea that the way God chooses, think about this for all of us, the way God chooses to be in the world is actually through human beings. So it is, yes, the incarnation, God becoming man in the person of Jesus but there's a wider implication in terms of that incarnation. And if there's a wider implication in terms of that incarnation, there's a wider implication in terms of our discipleship, our call and the implications of it. We were taught that the incarnation, God becoming human was a one-time historical event but on another level spiritually and humanly. The divine strategy of God engaging with the world in human form, doesn't that continue through you and I? Joan Chichester is a woman who passionately believes that. A number of writers, including Joan, argue that the incarnation was not a one-off event rather the divine strategy of God engaging with the world in human form continuing right up to this very moment in you and in me we must see what we are doing not only as the real purpose of our life but also the ultimate legacy of our life god doesn't it hasn't finished creation the incarnation is still ongoing and it needs you and me and our wholehearted commitment in following jesus if we dare to call ourselves disciples god started it its ongoing development god continues sharing it with us. So what we do in our life, what we do in our faith, what we do in our families, in our relationships, what we do in our dioceses, our parishes, our religious community, actually make us the, the hands of God in living flesh and blood. God continues to work through us. Having made the world, having given it everything, the incarnation needs to continue in you and I. You see, God needs you to be his mercy. He needs you and I to be his justice. He needs us to be his charity and his care. He needs us to be his righteousness and commitment. And all that it will take for people, for all of us, to bring the goodness of God to outweigh the rest. Invite you just to listen to those powerful words again and let them just speak to your own heart and mind. What are they speaking to you? Maybe you need to, um, later today or tomorrow, just allow those words, to pray those words, maybe at bedtime or when you pray again. And just just let them sit with you and allow the Lord in his own way to move within you. Because these are not just the words of Isaiah. They're not just the words of Jesus. They're the words and a calling of discipleship for you and I, whoever we may be. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that we may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord in all of us that as his disciples we may be glorified Isaiah's prophecy that piece of scripture rooted in Isaiah it speaks of a time when healing and justice and liberation will be brought to the sick to the oppressed to prisoners well our world is full of the poor the bound those who are broken, those who mourn and grief, those who experience oppression, those who are in captivity physically and mentally. We live in a world right now very similar to the world of Jesus. It was a world crying out for liberation and consolation let's be honest often with the travesties and tragedies within our world often we wonder we question where is God where is the divine solution to the never-ending problems and tragedies of our world to be found and the answer is that God is alive incarnate God dwells within you and I the answer is that we His disciples as frail and as weak as we may be we are called to be that oil of joy for those who mourn to be the beauty in the midst of of ashes to 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 wrap the heavy of heart in a garment of praise As the closing prayer in each Eucharistic celebration invites us to go forth into the world to be messengers of peace Sister Joan has an interesting question. She says, can you be Jesus? Can you be his hands? Can you be his heart? Can you be his eyes? And maybe in the course of our everyday life, maybe people are looking to you and looking to me, looking for some part of Jesus within us looking for some part of the Incarnation within us. And we respond by listening to those words of the prophet Isaiah. To be the eyes and the hands of Jesus, to the poor, to the blind, to the broken, to whoever needs our love. That's our calling as disciples. And at times we need to break boundaries in order to do it. Just as Jesus had to do in his life and in his story. Remember the words of Daniel Berrigan, that Jesuit. There are times that we will suffer We will experience the cross because of our values or our actions as his disciples. Daniel Berrigan said, if you're going to follow Jesus, you better look good on wood. He's not being coarse. He's not being sarcastic. He's challenging us to be as Christ-like as we possibly can. like to finish with a prayer with you, a prayer we I've been praying after all of our talks, asking the Lord through his angels to guide us and to give us courage to be his disciples in a beautiful but a broken world. O oh, angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love commits me here, ever this day and night be at my side to light and to guard and to rule and to guide. Amen. So i'd like to thank you those of you who are watching uh, in parts of limerick and ireland and throughout the world we have over 2,000 people tuning in for our summer retreat so and we really hope that um you're taking advantage of it and giving your time is time um and space just to be gentle and patient with yourself and allowing the lord to love you and bless you and move in you Wherever the Lord needs to call you as His disciple. Just uh, to um, give you an update on those announcements for anyone who joined us, and uh, maybe a little uh, into the talk. That uh, normally there's a sacrament of sick and reconciliation during summer retreats but unfortunately because of covid it's not possible but we will celebrate a mass for the sick tomorrow here friday at 10 a.m and the celebrant will be the bishop of limerick um, brendan Leahy. and um, so father seamus will be the preacher and father seamus will also lead a reconciliation liturgy without individual confessions tomorrow at four the preacher on saturday the final day of the retreat will be father jerry And again, thank you for the different ways you support us and our ministry. Um, Our summer book promotion continues in the monastery shop, and you can contact them uh, by email or by phone, Irish hours of 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Monday to Saturday. So this is my last moment with you for this retreat, and I'd like to thank you, uh, and may the Lord bless us and challenge us as best we can in our discipleship to embrace uh, others the way Jesus embraced everyone. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen.